With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Villa travel to Brentford on Saturday at three o'clock. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Dave Reid of Sky Sports News. Dave, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, nowadays, just talking about Villa is a complete joy each and every week. Although we were just talking before we came on and David Spurrier was in the in the chat early, in the comments early, asking... A really good question. I'm not sure either of us have got the knowledge to, to answer. What tactics will Unai use to defeat Brentford? Where are Brentford vulnerable? I mean, I said in, I said on Twitter last weekend, I wish I saw football like Unai Emery because it must be a, a fascinating place to, to live, like being able to see football the, the way he does. Because that was the thing about last week against Newcastle, wasn't it, Dave? That the set game plan against Newcastle, it certainly took me by surprise. It definitely took Newcastle by surprise. And, you kind of think now for every game, oh, what's he What's he going to do this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and give ourselves a little bit of credit because in the in the preview last week, we did kind of say that we might go a little bit more direct uh, and kind of try and lift the ball over their press. And that is, it ended up kind of how it transpired. And that was where you we said, had You said joy. that and I said Den Donker would play. So between we us. We did. Between, between us, us, we've got it. We're, we're at... We're at least a quarter of Unai Emery between us. <laughs> yeah, someone said that Emery says football in 6D. So I think between us, we got we, we got to 3D between us, didn't we? But yeah, I, I guess actually on the Dendonka front, probably worth sticking with the same team and playing him again. Because again, Brentford are quite a big team, aren't they? A team that are very good at set pieces. I think in a lot of the stats, you look at a lot of the metrics for set pieces, Brentford come out on top. So actually, it's, I mean, I wouldn't change it anyway. So yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think it makes sense to make an unchanged team. Particularly, I think Unai Emery said earlier today that the injury front is pretty much the same. Yeah. I don't think anybody who was injured is going to be available. So really, there's not too many decisions for the manager to make. It would either be to, to remove Dendonka and, and move McGinn inside and, and bring Bertrand Chori. And that's basically the only decision that he would have to make on the injury front. But given how well everybody played last week, and Dendonka in particular, I think he ran the most distance of any Villa player in that game against Newcastle last week, covered a lot of ground, did a lot of the simple things really well. And it'd be difficult to drop in for this game. And, and in particular, as you say, Brentford very strong at set pieces. And I know that the chat earlier was about, you know, where Brentford, are, you know, where you can take advantage of Brentford. I think it's probably an easier question to answer where Brentford are strong, because we've mentioned set pieces. I think they've, they've scored the second most goals from set pieces Second highest XG from from set pieces. That is where they're strong. They've got long throws as well. Matthias Jensen can launch it in there. Um, they've got other players as well who can who can take a long throw. And they're going to be very direct. They're going to be very quick. And that's where the game probably is going to be won or lost. Can Villa contain that direct threat uh, on Saturday afternoon? 
Yeah, Kevin Sharder played last week for Brentford, I believe, in a bit of a bit of a change front three alongside him in Buemo and Tony. I think they'll probably give that another go because they spent they spent money on him in January. They're going to want to give him some games, and they've they've kind of introduced him slowly into in, into what they do. But it does feel like a, a decent time to play them because a few weeks ago Brentford were ahead of us, and everyone was saying Thomas Frank, manager of the season. We were still stuck in 11th, and this was only about two, three weeks ago, actually. Now we're the ones that have, have got the momentum. We're up the league, and they've lost a few games. And I was just looking at the Athletic and various other things around, around Brentford before this game. feels like a bit of the feel-good has got gone from Brentford. I know, I know there was a piece on the Athletic about them not looking now to not waste the season and because they've been doing so, so well. They, they don't want it to fizzle out and just end up finishing 10th, 11th. So... Maybe the fact that they've been knocked back a bit in the in the last few few weeks, it will give them a bit of a refocus and, and make it a harder game. I, I certainly don't think Thomas Frank will let Brentford be on the beach. Absolutely not. No, no. I mean, I've interviewed Thomas Frank a couple of times. He's always uh, very intense, I would say. He's an intense manager, uh, a little bit like Unai Emery, really. Um, lives and breathes football. He won't be allowing any of his players to finish the season or clock off early. Um and in some ways, you know, Villa have gone under the radar. We, we talked about this before, but, you know, Villa supposedly have gone under the radar over the last couple of months. And now everybody seems to be talking about Villa. It's kind of reversed the other way for Brentford, who a lot of people were talking about earlier in the season. And their drop-off in form has kind of gone a little bit under the radar this time around. They're not in the best of form at the moment. I think with Brentford, though, you have to talk about it in the context of of their whole season and I don't think they would have expected to be as high as they have been and I think if they did finish 10th in the context of Brentford that is an amazing achievement to finish mid-table in the Premier League uh, given the trajectory they've been on over the last few years so I think yes they'll be a little bit concerned about the drop-off in form but if you look at the bigger picture from Brentford's point of view and I'm sure Thomas Frank would would say the same that a club like Brentford, if they can finish mid-table in the Premier League, that is regarded as an excellent season. Yeah, I think their first target would have been to, to stay up only their second year back in the Premier League. Obviously, the, a big player for them last season, the second half of the season that got them up the league was Ericsson. He's not there this time round. So they've had some great results this season. They're one of the few teams that have gone to, to Manchester City. And, and when I think they've just had a, a difficult few weeks. I think they've lost three in a row. Now, Brentford, they've definitely lost their, lost their last two. Wolves last week, just a, just a bad day at the office. But the thing is, if we're playing Brentford at home, they are a different beast. Even the game they lost at home to Newcastle in that first half, they were very, very strong. Newcastle did well to turn that round in the second half. But in, in the first half of that game, Brentford really were, were on Newcastle and, and, and played really well. And when they play at home, it is different to playing Brentford or Brentford at your own place, isn't it? It's one of the harder places to go in the Premier League. Yeah, it really is. And given the fact they've all, you know, they've moved into a new stadium, it's actually a a, a really kind of hard place to go already, straight from Griffin Park to the GTEC. You know, the, the crowd are close to the pitch there and they make a real good noise for, for Brentford. I think they've only lost twice, maybe, is it, at home this season? And they were to, to big teams, Newcastle um, and another team that escapes me. But, they, you know, they're one of the top teams, I think, that they've lost at home to. Didn't Arsenal win there this season? Yeah, it might, might have yeah. been them. Um, so, yeah, you're right. At home, they are extremely strong. And I think Thomas Frank will be eager to send the team out, uh, you know, ready and raring to go to try and stop Villa from from playing their game. Um, I think they'll have a plan for us. And the, the thing with Thomas Frank is, and something that I really admire, the, the team that starts the game 
He's very good with his substitutions so that the team that starts the game isn't probably going to be the team and the formation and the shape and everything like that that finishes the game. He will tend to make changes uh, early in the second half to give the players enough time to to come on and make a difference. He'll often change formation, change shape, change players from different one side of the pitch to the other side of the pitch to try and create a bit of confusion or create that different bit of impact for his team. So he's a really interesting manager, Thomas Frank, and, uh, you know, someone who I've got a lot of time for, really good manager in the Premier League. They're a fascinating team, Brent, Brentford. And, and, you know, they're a good fit. I think that's the, the main thing with with them, that they fit each other perfectly, Tom, Thomas Frank and Brentford. They're, they're a unique club, and I would say he's a he's a unique manager as well. They've got a few players that, that I really like. I really like Rico Henry. Obviously, Tony up front can be unplayable on his day. I think the goalkeeper is one of the best operators in, in the Premier League. You know, so they've, they've got some, some really good players. Villa have got some players that have played for Brentford as well. You know, you'd expect Conter and Watkins to both start going up against their their old team. I think Watkins will find going back there because that's probably one of the bigger stories and bigger dialogues going into this game. Watkins is going back there as one of the hottest players in the Premier League. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Thomas Frank um, was on uh, the the world feed for one of the games in midweek. So obviously the, 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 the home broadcasters, Sky, BT, Amazon, have set games for TV and then the world feed provides live Premier League action for for, uh, television stations around the world. Um, And Thomas Frank was one of the pundits on on the World Feed this week. And he was asked a question as to how Ivan Toney and and Ollie Watkins compare, because obviously he's worked with both of them. And he was talking about, uh, you know, Ollie Watkins having a real presence on the shoulder and that quickness of thought, that, you know, the the intensity that he goes about his work. Ivan Toney, um, someone who... Perhaps he would say has a has a better link up, uh, better link up play than Ollie Watkins. This is what Thomas Frank was saying, uh, and obviously he he said, you know, I, I believe Tom, uh, that Ivan Frank is uh, Ivan Tony is better than Ollie Watkins. But there's there's no doubt who's in the better form at the moment, and that is and that is Ollie Watkins. And interestingly, Thomas Frank pointed at how good Ollie Watkins is in the air, and we saw that a little bit uh, for the assist against Newcastle last week. I think that's one of his un- underrated skill set. Um, the fact that he's able to challenge in the air and he'll, he'll have a job on his hands this weekend because um, I think Brentford have, have won the most aerial duels out of any Premier League side. Ben you know, Mays won really the most strong. in the league, hasn't he? He was on Monday yeah. Night Football talking to Carragher and he's he's yeah, he's a good he's a good defender, Ben May, isn't he? Very good at, at defending. Yeah, he's, they're, they're really strong in the air. They're, you know, really tough central defenders if he's alongside uh, Pinnock. Um, at the weekend, you know, they're, they're really tough centre-halves to play against. So it'll be interesting test for Ollie Watkins. And I don't think he, he's had too much sleep. I've heard he's um, he's been in the spare room this week. Obviously, he's had uh, had a baby, which we, we should congratulate him on. And uh, he uh, his, his partner has allowed him to sleep in the spare room. So hopefully he's had enough sleep for the weekend. Yeah, that's the reason you want to be in the spare room. You don't want to be in the spare room for any other reason <laughs> other, other, other than that. It sounds like a mutual agreement, which, which is good for Ollie Watkins because he wouldn't want to find himself in the spare room for, for, for any other reason. I think Th- Thomas Frank's, I think they're pretty level, Tony and, and, and Watkins. You know, Tony's definitely started the season better, but he, probably in the second half of the season, Watkins has obviously been the stronger. So I don't think there's much between those two players, albeit they're very different types of striker. But that's been the main thing with Watkins is that 
I think his link-up play is really good and has been all season. I even thought at the start of the season when he was fading on scraps under Gerrard, I thought his link-up play was was pretty strong. He just We just weren't scoring goals as a team. The improvement in his game, they're both good adverts for the Championship, actually. Watkins and Tony, two players that have, have come from the Championship and are now two of the highest scorers in the Premier League. It shows you that there's, there's value to be had down there and there's players you can pick up. You think of Bowen at West Ham. As well, he'd scored scored a lot of goals for West Ham last season. I always think there's there's some good value to be had in in, in the championship, but I don't feel like teams in maybe teams that you expect to be in the top ten. I don't feel like they pick up enough players from the championship because there's definitely the talent there. Yeah, I think it's players from the championship. It's that kind of acclimatization period that perhaps some teams in the Premier League don't want to spend the time to allow them to to maybe get up to speed with the Premier League. But you're right. I mean, Ivan Tony. He was at Newcastle, wasn't he? And then kind of mm. went down through the leagues and has and has made his way back up and is now an England international. You know, Ollie Watkins, the the, the story, you know, he was out on loan at Western Supermare. I think Dean Smith watched him at, at Western Supermare and and their relationship began from from there on in and obviously ended up coming to, to Vera and working under Dean, Dean Smith there. So I mean, yeah, Ollie Watkins and Ivan Tony perform slightly different roles now. You're right there. They're kind of at a similar level, I would say. But for, for, from Brentford's point of view, they look for Ivan Tony really early in their moves, play the ball up to him, uh, you know, long direct balls into him. He's able to bring it down and then he's got runners off him. And Buemo Sharda, we talked about with his pace. And then Rico Henry often joins the, the attack on the left-hand side. Um, whereas Watkins, I think he's been asked to do a lot of hold-up play, which perhaps isn't um, isn't his strongest, strongest asset. It's... I agree, something that he's improved on. But in the past, I think he's been asked to do a lot of it. Whereas now, I think his game has slightly changed a little bit. He's allowing other players um, to, to help progress the ball upfield rather than him dropping deep to get involved. He's very much on the on the last shoulder of the defender, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, his assist at the weekend shows you about his link-up play. Not many strikers are capable of, of pulling off an assist like that. That was such a good, good assist against Newcastle last weekend with his head. And at the moment, well, he's scoring all kinds of goals, right foot, left foot. And headers, he's, a, he's an absolute joy to watch. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had some pretty miserable nights down at down at Brentford in the, in the Championship. I remember us getting pumped 3-0 the night we signed Scott Hogan. He didn't play, but we, we lost 3-0. And Scott Hogan must have been thinking, what on earth have I, have I done here? And I've interviewed players who played in that game, and they were thinking the same. What have I done? What have I walked into here? Yeah, there was a 1-0 in the Championship where Mo, Mo Pace curled one in yeah. in the last minute. So I said, Brentford hasn't been a happy hunting ground. For Villa, but I guess the key thing is that Emery has kind of vanquished all these these records. Is that a word? Vanquished all these records so far. He's he's beat a lot of bad records that that Villa have had. So it's a it's it's a different Villa heading to Brentford now. I mean, we've stole so many of their players and their manager over the years, and they've still been better than us. But it feels like we might be better than them. <laughs> I know, I know. You're right. Yeah, we've had some horrors, haven't we, against against Brentford? That 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 Mope one for some reasons sticks in my mind. I, I, I don't actually live too far from from the Brentford ground, so I ended up going to quite a lot of those games, and the Mope one sticks in my mind just because it was so miserable. At the end, horrible night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that. Hopefully, we're in. Well, we are. There's no hopefully about it. We're in a better place now than we have been in a long time. So, and, and as we kind of seen, I think you know, Emery said today, you know, Brentford is is a difficult place to go, but. He doesn't want his team kind of looking back too much on the successes that they've had. It's kind of analyse the game, move on, and let's concentrate on a plan to try and turn Brentford over on Saturday. Yeah, it's impossible for us to try and predict what what Emery's going to do because that plan last week was just so varied and so so different to what had gone previously, where the build-up was quite slow at times, purposefully. 
it, and purposely. He was he was very slow in in some of the other home games last week. It was just absolute full throttle. Get getting Newcastle's faces. I suspect it will be somewhere in between the, the two in this one. But it'll be another interesting game. And it'll be another great one. Hopefully for for the Villa fans that that are there to, to enjoy. Let's finish with a score prediction. Then Dave Reid, what what are you saying? Yeah, tough one this week. I don't. You, you want to obviously give Villa the edge, but there's also in the back of your mind, you know, at some point the the run will end. Um, let's hope it's not on, not on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna continue to back Villa. So let's go for a two-one. Um, but you're right. I think it's going to be an interesting mix-up in in how we play at the weekend. I think Brentford will try and have a plan to stop us playing out from the back. Um, but then once we're able to get by their kind of early press, they'll sit back and sit compact in their in their shape. So it'll be up to us to then try and break them down. And then they'll obviously be, be trying to hit Tony and hit the runners on on the counter-attack quickly. So I think it'll be um, an interesting game, but I think 2-1 is going to be my prediction. Yeah, that's where the goalkeeper is really good because his distribution is absolutely superb. Mm. It sounds stupid to say, but actually the goalkeeper and the centre-forward link up quite well. Mm. For, for Brentford, I'm going to go 2-1 to, to Villa as well. Incidentally, the last time we didn't win a game, I think, was in London when, when we went to West Ham. So, you know, that, that was the last time Villa didn't win a football match was when they travelled to London. But you got to fancy us at the moment. I, I think I predicted us to draw last week, but I'm, I'm going on all the other shows that I do. I've predicted us to win 2-1, so I'm going to stick with that. Dave Reid, enjoying having you on these previews. Thanks ever so much for joining me. And thanks to the people watching in the live chat and the people that will go on and watch this video as well. And wherever you're watching or listening to the Villa View, subscribe. Get your post notifications on, like the video, comment, all that jazz, and that really, really helps us. I'll be on again tonight with Stato. I think we're looking to go on around 8.45, so watch out for that. He'll go through all the weird and wonderful stats in the lead up to the Brentford game with myself. Thank you to Adam for producing. Thanks to Luke Roper for continuing to sponsor us. Use our code TVV20 and you'll get 20% off everything they have to offer. For those of you that are going to watch later, I'll see you in a few hours. And as always, up the villa. Podcast Network.